Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Denise, who is joining us to share about her journey of being a woman in crypto. 没错，今天的来宾是一位少数有在加密货币产业里面发展的优秀女性 Denise， 而且特别是啊，她也是我们曾经有学过的这个字 Third Culture Kid， 第三文化小孩哦。My guest today is a third culture kid growing up in America, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. She is a marketing manager and biz developer, a lover of cryptocurrency, NFTs, and tech, a pioneer for women joining the cryptocurrency and blockchain community, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my good friend Denise. Hi, what's up, gangster? So, Denise, Denise, welcome to NG Ingwen. I'm so thrilled to have you here because you are, in my mind, one of the most badass women in crypto, and you've been rocking, you know, your crypto knowledge and blockchain knowledge since 2018. So I can't、mm -hmm. wait to share your story and what you're up to in the world of blockchain and crypto. Oh, for sure. So, can you give a brief kind of introduction about who you are and what you do? Okay, I'm Denise. I recently started working at this NFT marketplace called Refinable.、Um, they're based in Hong Kong.、Uh, they recently just launched their IDO, and now we're looking for a lot of content creators to come on board. I work particularly in marketing and BD, and we're constantly looking for brands and partners to come collaborate. Yeah, awesome. So there's a lot of good stuff to talk about in this space right now,、mm -hmm. and I think we should start with maybe a little bit of your kind of introduction. So when did you get involved with, let's say, blockchain and crypto and kind of this whole space? So unofficially, I started in just group discussions with some of my guy friends. Maybe sometime in like 2017.、Um, this was before Bitcoin was what it's worth now. And at that time, they were all trading.、Um, they were also mining Bitcoin as well. And I was like, "What is it that they're talking about?" They're like, "You know what? If you want to know about it, you gotta learn about it." And so they recommended this book called Digital Gold, which I highly recommend for any crypto beginners. And I read this book about the history of Bitcoin, realized that there were no female players involved, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna look for." A position in crypto, and so around 2018, I started working at a crypto company in Shanghai, doing marketing for them, and that's how I started. Incredible! I love that. As yeah, you were like, hey, this is a bunch of dudes mm -hmm. mining. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean, mean in the world、yeah. of CPU? Yeah, and yeah, here you are now. So fast forward to 2021.、Mm -hmm. What are you up to now within that world? So at my previous company, we were more of a blockchain as a software as a service company, where we provided blockchain solutions to enterprises. What I do now is so different. Like in 2021, I think a lot of the hot, the trending topic in terms of like crypto-related, blockchain-related,、um, is NFTs.、Uh, so right now, I work at a NFT marketplace. And for people, what is an NFT marketplace? It's just a place where you can buy something online, but you pay for it in cryptocurrency. 
Incredible. Great little breakdown and summary right there. Yeah. So it's kind of an Amazon online, mm -hmm. but you pay for it rather than fiat currency. Mm -hmm. You pay with crypto. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And you operate, this new company is called? Refinable. Refinable. Yeah. And Refinable operates on the Binance Smart Chain mm -hmm. blockchain. Is that correct? Yeah. Binance Smart Chain. Awesome. So within this ecosystem for Refinable, can you take us through kind of what is your day-to-day, -day, what are some exciting projects you're focusing on, and what does the space look like for mm -hmm. someone in the NFT marketplace? Mm -hmm. I think right now the NFT marketplace is quite saturated with a lot of digital fine artists or let's say celebrities or entertainers who want to sell their unique items online. And so our marketplace is a little bit different where we are content agnostic, meaning that we don't specify what type of content um, is minted on our platform. We are very open to all kinds of content uh, from all kinds of users. Uh, we actually really promote first-time users to mint on our platform as we are very easy to use and accessible for everybody. You just need to have a MetaMask wallet um, and you can automatically connect to our platform and start buying and selling. That is so cool. And something really important there, you said, interesting vocab too, of content yeah. agnostic, super powerful world, word here, as the sense of that is at its core mm -hmm. what blockchain is actually yeah. trying to do in the decentralized, mm -hmm. agnostic, anything goes, mm -hmm. unmutable space. Yeah. So I love that. Shout out to your company then, because that is actually true to the core <laughs> of kind of the revolution of mm -hmm. yeah, decentralized. Yeah. Bring on any type of content creator and let the market decide yeah, exactly. if it's good or bad. Yeah. Awesome, Denise. Well, I know you're not necessarily allowed to discuss too many projects, as mm -hmm. I'm sure so many things are unfolding. So I was hoping we could focus a little bit today on kind of the female perspective, the female energy in a male-dominated space. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about what it's been like to be a woman in crypto? Uh, even in 2018, when I joined that company in Shanghai, what I realized was the only female employees that we had were all in marketing. BD was all guys, tech was all guys, operations was all guys. And then from that point on, I realized that I want to push beyond just marketing I also think in general, everybody, if you're a marketer, they always associate it with a female, um, which, you know, sometimes males are also really good digital marketers as well. And so with this current company, um, that's why currently I do marketing, but I also push it to BD, do more business development, uh, do more partnership related things. Yes. I think that's so valuable. And yeah, it's breaking the mold. And it's more even, in my mind, appropriate for crypto to just break all these molds of like, women do this, men do this. No, mm -hmm. that's garbage. You know, we're a decentralized mm -hmm. ecosystem now. Women can do everything, men can do everything. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And so thinking a little bit about the future with your company or just in this, the more macro view of crypto and blockchain and NFT space, what do you envision is is the future? Right oh, there. that's a really good question. Okay. My hope for blockchain and just cryptocurrency in general is that in the future, everybody will be able to understand and to use cryptocurrency or blockchain in their daily life. It's actually, it's, it's not, I'm not saying that it's difficult to understand. I just think there's a lot of new vocabulary to learn. Um, that for a lot of people, it seems very intimidating. But once you get past the vocabulary, actually, 
blockchain and cryptocurrency is quite simple. Yes, there are a lot of technical aspects about it, but if you just focus on the core function of what blockchain is, it's very easy to understand and it's easy for you to understand. So I really highly recommend people to learn about it. There are a lot of available content online of people explaining it. A lot of big platforms also have their own articles that explain it. Um, so definitely, if you have the time, you should learn it on your own. So the next time somebody talks to you about cryptocurrency or you hear it on the news, just Google it. All, all the answers are there. The World yeah. Wide Web. Yeah. yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And I think, you know, what's so cool is that seems to be a lot of our generation right now. Like mm -hmm. all of our friends kind of just dove in, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody was like, hey, you should probably read this book. And yeah. you did and look at you now. Yeah. And I just love that, that kind of hands-on approach to mm -hmm. things. 大家还记得上个星期我们讲到这个 NFT 是什么吗？就是 Non Fungible Token， 非同质代币。好，那在今天访谈一开始的时候，来宾 Denise 提到说，他目前就是在香港的一间 NFT 性质的那个公司服务，主要呢是负责行销跟商业开发的部分。这边这个行销啊，跟商业开发的英文说法，不知道各位听众朋友晓不晓得？好，如果有常听我们节目的话，或是宁国商学院的，大概都不陌生。那如果不清楚也没有关系，行销呢是 marketing， 没错，就是市场的英文 market， 后面加上 ing 就可以了。那商业开发或是商业发展的话，可以说 business development， 好，也就是刚才前面 Denise 提到的 BD。另外这边补充一个，是今天没有提到，但是也很常见的研发研究开发部门。我们一般通常都是用 R D 来表示，好，也就是 research and development。所以现在你在公司，我看到一些不听到一些人家讲说那个 R D 的谁谁谁啊，你现在就知道是 research 跟 development 的缩写。那再来，他提到说，当初接触到比特币，在认识它的整个发展历史的时候啊，发现，哎，好像怎么整个产业里面都没有女生哎、欸。所以就下定决心要在这个圈子里面找工作，当一个也可以跟比特币交手的女性。那在一年左右之后呢，也真的成功达到目标，在上海的一间加密货币公司做行销，也进而让她接轨到现在在香港的 NFT 公司工作。那讲到这个部分的时候，有提到 mining 这个字。好，它不是我们一般现实生活中矿工们在矿场努力挖矿、采矿的一手，而是指那些专门在做比特币交易的人在线上透过电脑而取得比特币的意思。啊，因为比特币像金矿一样价值连城嘛，所以大家就把这样的动作叫做 mining 挖矿，就是你取得比特币就跟你在挖挖矿、挖金矿一样这样。另外一个大家可能也比较陌生的字是。Binance Smart Chain， 币安智能链。好 ，Binance 它是一间中国的加密货币交易所，不是什么奇怪单字。大家如果有兴趣的话，待会可以上网去查查相关资料。我相信会比我这个外行人的解说来得更更清楚、更详细。好，那之后他们不是有提到说，目前在 NFT 市场其实已经算有点 saturated， 有一点饱和了吗？很多都是专业艺术家或是知名艺人在上面买他们的东西，所以呢，他们公司就改走一种 content agnostic 的路线，好来吸引各种投资人、各种拍卖项目。是说这个 content agnostic 
习习相毁的是什么意思啊 ？Content 是内容嘛，哈，大家大概都已经知道了。那 agnostic 在这里有跨平台的意思，所以就是说 ，Denise 他们公司不只是接受某一特定族群的人脉的特定项目而已，而是每一种各式各样的都接受。就像这样说的 ，anything goes， 不管什么都可以，敢放到平台上，我们就感受这样子。接着 ，Denise 她不是分享到女性在这领域所扮演的角色，跟她对未来的一些希望吗？她发现好像公司很多都是女性在做行销，其他像是开发、研发或是像业务营运等等，都是男性居多。所以呢，为了要改变这个现象，她就慢慢朝商业开发前进，也希望呢，未来大家可以对加密货币有更多的认识。而不要去排斥，或是因为觉得好像、嗯、太难了，不想去多了解。因为一旦你把相关术语都弄懂了，就会发现这个这个货币的整个概念真的都不难懂。那讲到这里的时候，有一个片语，我们来听一下 ：to get past something。好，它有一种我们讲的过了、跨过、通过的意涵在。像刚刚说 ，once you get past the vocabulary。就是在表达，一旦你跨过了单字那一关，一旦你把单字术语都弄懂了的意思。好啦，那这段内容就想要这边告一段落，我们赶快继续来听一下半段的分享吧。So Denise, if we can also kind of think about another aspect of this, as you are such a awesome woman in the space, but you're also using language.、Mm-hmm. You are bilingual, so、mm-hmm. which is so beautiful because I believe you know the crypto space right now. Needs more languages、mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, you know, right now it's still English is、yeah. the primary dominant language,、yeah. but you speak English fluently and、mm-hmm. Mandarin fluently.、Mm-hmm. So, what has it been like for you as you've kind of navigated that space within the crypto world for、mm-hmm. English and Mandarin? So, being bilingual really helped at my previous、uh, previous company based in Shanghai,、um, where I had to communicate a lot with the China local team, but then also communicate with our Our global team that was based in Europe, and so it helped that I was able to kind of be that middle person to communicate between the two groups. And so at that point, I realized it's really it was really essential to understand not just like crypto and blockchain related terms, both in English and Chinese, but also just in general in terms of working and、uh, communicating with. With your coworkers, it was important to be bilingual. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And can you help kind of shed a little light? Have you found is there different mindsets when you're thinking about crypto and blockchain、mm-hmm. within the Mandarin space versus mm-hmm. English? Mm-hmm. It, it was. It's really interesting because I feel like for a lot of Western countries, when they、uh, communicate with a Asia team or a China local team, they often have a lot of roadblocks in terms of like miscommunication. And it doesn't help that a lot of these people who start crypto companies are engineers, so they are not the most.、Uh, <laughs> what word am I trying to trying to think of? They're not the most flexible in terms of communication skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're used to coding where、right. you know it's zero and ones. Everything is very black and white. And so, in an Asian society where you know zero and ones are so uncommon. It's sometimes they, if things are said too literally or too directly, they often feel very hurt,、mm-hmm. or they they also get lost in translation.、Mm-hmm. And so maneuvering between both languages and different types of communication styles 
was also a challenge. I yeah. can imagine. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I, I know what it's like living in Taiwan yeah. doing that. And sometimes I want to be direct. Yeah, but I'm exactly. Like, Wait, no, I, you know, you that's my yeah. Western mindset. I yeah. got to chill and, you know, let's let's have some tea and, <laughs> and yeah. discuss it a little bit more, you know, holistically. I think that's a beautiful perspective. And thinking back, though, can you share a little bit about your journey? You know, mm. what was the story of Denise? I believe mm -hmm. you, were, you said you were born in New Jersey, mm -hmm. lived in New York for a little while, mm -hmm. and then traveled all over the world. So mm -hmm. can you share about that journey? I would say um, I'm pretty much a third culture kid where I was born in the States. But then within a year, our family moved to Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong for five years and then moved back to the States went to public school for four or five years, and then moved back to Taiwan and was in Taiwan for around eight years. And in terms of college and education afterwards, was in New York and then realized that I enjoyed being in Asia more. So I started working in Shanghai after that. And I think Chinese was not something that um, I was that fluent in in the very beginning. English was my first language, it's my native language. And coming back to Taiwan, I didn't really speak much Chinese. At school, we didn't speak Chinese uh, either. It was an English-focused uh, school. And so I really learned Chinese on my own. I didn't have tutors. Tutors didn't work on me. It was just really boring. Um, I love to sing. Starting in middle school, I would just go to KTVs in Taiwan. And that's how I learned my Chinese. Because I would need to sing. I would need to know what what's going on. Like, what are the lyrics? So I would then memorize the lyrics first at home. And then I'd go to KTV and rock it out. And so after years of KTV experience, years of just watching, the best part of Taiwan is all of uh, most of the news or the TV channels that you watch have Chinese subtitles. So then you just put two and two together and you'll be able to see some of the you'll be able to understand Chinese um, without actually having to like force yourself to memorize. And on top of that, to add another layer, I was quite tech savvy. So I was very interested in Korean dramas. Um, or any type of like like TV dramas. And the Chinese websites were always the fastest at getting subtitles out. So I then had to download those episodes back when there was like LimeWire, oh, yeah. you know, torn P2P. Yeah. And I then, I was able to recognize and associate simplified Chinese as well. And so that also helped a lot when I started working in Shanghai because I already had prior quote unquote reading knowledge or I was able to read and write simplified Chinese because of my love for Korean dramas. So that's a little short summary of how I really started to improve my Chinese. That is such a great, you know, summary too, because I have gotten to sing with you. Mm -hmm. we've, we've had some rap battles. Yeah. You are, first of all, you have a great voice. Oh, thank you. But you just have such fun energy when mm -hmm. you're, you know, this is a, you're such a, a professional businesswoman mm -hmm. when we're talking right now. But I love this side of you when we're at like a KTV uh -huh. and you're just like, what's up? Like, put on a song you love. We're going to yeah. get it. We're yeah. going like, to rock it. Yeah. And I love to hear, you know, you would look up lyrics and mm -hmm. memorize them. Yeah. And so you could go and yeah. perform in front of your exactly. friends. The perfectionist in me is like, I can't slip up in front of my friends. You know, they can't see me slip up. No, so you gotta I practice at home first. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's such a beautiful mindset that you have. You were saying that you, you didn't learn really well with tutors. Mm -hmm. And so you had to figure out ways that worked for you. Mm -hmm. And it seems like kind of this has been the, the theme, the underlying tone mm -hmm. of your your life. 
what's what's Bitcoin? I'm going to figure it yeah, out. Yeah. You know, and like, what's this song mean? I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out. What's this Korean drama saying? Yeah. I'm going to figure it yeah. out. Awesome. Can you think of anything else that maybe helped you along your language journey that's now you can apply it to your work within the blockchain and crypto space? Mm, okay, that's a good question. I would say you just have to listen to, let's say I want to improve my Chinese, I guess, jargon um, and for cryptocurrency, because there's a lot of words that even though I understand in English, I don't know how it's translated into Chinese. And so what I would do is I would look for either interesting articles that are written Chinese or what's even better, a podcast. And I would just try to find one that I thought was amusing and then listen to that to try to slowly pick up the the vocabulary of how to say these things. And once you hear it a lot of times, then you just try to add it into your everyday conversation. And then naturally, the more you practice, the more fluent you will become. And so that's what I really that's one tip I have for everybody who wants to use or to uh, have vocabulary in crypto or blockchain related uh, conversations. Yeah. And I think that's such great advice. And we seem to be having a lot of crypto related conversations <laughs> these <Recently>, days yeah. <laughs> as the whole market is is all over the place. But I, I think it's very healthy. It's a good cycle, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get into that. But awesome, Denise. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on NG Nguyen. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for all the things that you're doing. You know, you're you're paving the way for women in tech and mm-hmm. crypto and blockchain and using your language along the way. So mm-hmm. much respect to your journey. Thank you. And the question I like to end with on the show mm-hmm. here is if you could go back and talk to a younger Denise, would there be any advice you give yourself about language, life, crypto, NFTs, mm-hmm. anything? To be more open. Yeah. That is the number one thing that I would recommend to my younger self is just to be more open. And if there's any interesting opportunities, don't reject them because you are afraid of the unknown. That's one thing that I recently discovered about myself. I actively tried to learn about blockchain and crypto because of the of the just the ego of, oh, I don't know this thing. OK, then let me prove to you that I can learn about it. Um, but now that I've. I've actually been in the space. I realized that, yes, ego is what pushed me into really learning about blockchain. But I think that constant question of why and accepting that blockchain is always evolving. Crypto is always evolving. There's always going to be something there that you don't know. And so to be humble and to accept that there's always things that you need to question why and to research on your own. So even now, like uh, with NFTs, I also am learning so much stuff every day about NFTs. There's always something new. And so now it's just to be humble and to be open about any kind of possibilities. Woo! I love it when you go deep. And okay. yeah, you know, it's been so cool because as I've gotten to know you over, over the past mm-hmm. few months, yeah, I have really seen this, this, you know, this growth, this yeah. growth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to get to be a part of that, that mm-hmm. journey with you and see more of your life with some of our close friends. And, and I love that, that full circle of, you know, ego pushed you in mm-hmm. and ego is helpful for that, mm-hmm. but understanding to stay humble yeah. and keep growing and understanding kind of to keep checking yourself along the mm-hmm. way. Love it. Love it. And congratulations on your new job with Thank Refinable. You. And shout out to all your team mm-hmm. doing all of that. I can't wait to see what you guys build. So 
Can people find more of your life online? Maybe where can they hear you singing? Where can they find <laughs> Refinable online? Well, unfortunately, my own personal social media accounts are private. Um, so you can see me if John ever, you know, tags me in his stories, which sometimes, you know, sometimes he reposts my stories. Sometimes he does. <laughs> um, but in terms of Refinable, um, we have an Instagram, we have a Medium, we have a Telegram and a Twitter um, but for any type of announcements, I think Telegram is the best way to go. Yeah. So just check out our website, which is refinable.co, or you can check out our marketplace, which is app.refinable.com. Awesome, Denise. Well, thank you so much for making time today, and mm-hmm. I will talk to you real, real soon. Yeah. Denise,他的语言学习过程跟长大后,这项双语优势给他在工作上带来的助力。好,因为他之前的公司除了在上海以外,在欧洲也有团队,所以常常呢,他都会需要扮演两边东西方沟通的桥梁,传递重要讯息
。好，那 savvy 是能力或是理解力，所以两个放在一起就是我们说的电脑高手，就是你电脑很很行很通这样子。另外一个字是行话或是专业术语，我们可以说 jargon。像电脑术语的话，就是 computer jargon。好，不是 dragon， 不是龙哦，是。Jargon. 最后 ，Denise 提到说，她希望以前的自己可以更敞开心胸一点，好，要勇于去接受新事物，而不要因为好像就是一个未知，所以就把自己封闭起来，不去尝试这样子。那在讲到这边的时候，他用来形容勇于接受新事物的字是 open， 就是希望自己可以更 open 一点 ，open to new things。好，那希望大家都有从这次的内容学到一些东西。对加密货币有兴趣的听众朋友，等一下赶快去研究研究它的相关资讯吧。All right, well that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG NG English I C R T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from 6:30 to 7, and Wednesday night from 9 to 9:30. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye.